0: Amen. Amen. That was outstanding. I wanted to clap the whole time. (laughs) Well, again, we are so glad that you are uh, with us this morning for this very special day. I pray that you were blessed uh, uh, by the music portion of our service this morning. I just want to encourage you um, just to share with us some pictures of what you're doing this morning. I tell you, I miss seeing people on Sunday morning. (laughs) I love uh, our small group's been getting together with video chats i 've had uh, different video meetings with our leadership team and our staff and uh, I have been in a lot of video meetings uh, the past several weeks i 'm sure many of you have as well. but there is something about when we come together that is just irreplaceable and i 've also noticed that i 'm a very touchy person because social distancing's been hard for me I'm, apparently i 'm a hugger but um, it has been uh, it 's been a a joy. Uh, to see how God has been working in and through our church as we've kind of come to grips uh, with how we're going to be meeting over the next uh, few weeks. Um, But I know you can't share pictures with us this morning, what you're doing on Easter morning, because you're probably in your pajamas right now. Um, But we would love the opportunity to hear from you. In fact, um, today after the service, I'm going to encourage you. um, We're going to provide you a a number uh, that you can send a text to. And so we'll have a response for you at the end. And then also on our website, uh, also at the top of your Facebook live feed, uh, there's a place for you to fill out a welcome uh, online card. I would love the opportunity um, just to hear with you so that we can engage. It's about engagement. Um, I've got a thousand Facebook friends, uh, but it's the ones that I'm closest to uh, when times get rough. Uh, It's about being in proximity with one another that's so important. Uh, But we would love the opportunity to hear with you, so be sure to fill out those connection cards, and then we'll give you some information a little bit later about how to text us. Uh, Today, we're going to be looking at the four realities of Easter. We're going to look at four realities of Easter. And like it or not, we're all faced with being forced to deal with different realities. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. (laughs) In fact, I have a grandson who's uh, over a year old. Uh, now, and he was uh with us uh, uh this past week, and so we 've been working really hard on our social distancing, but we were had to babysit and so I was holding uh, I was watching him for a little while, and I was holding a cup of hot coffee and and so he wanted to hold my cup of coffee and so there 's two realities that this little guy needed to know first of all that the love that I have for him and the parent, the love that his parents have for him is unconditional. I love my grandson. And so that is a reality that he can face. But he doesn't always get what he wants. And so he kept trying to reach up for that hot cup of coffee. And I told him no. And the look on his face when I told him he couldn't touch that was just as if the reality that he couldn't get something he wanted sunk in. You know, sometimes we're faced with realities and we don't like the results. We're not meeting together on Sunday morning for a while. That is a reality that has set in. Now, for some people, that might not be a big deal. But for me, it's painful. It's painful that we don't get to meet together on Sunday morning. It's a reality that we're all facing. We all have to face different realities. For Good Friday, we we looked at and we celebrated celebrated the death and the burial of Jesus Christ. Death is a reality. And that's a reality that we're all going to have to face at some point. And that's certainly not a reality that we want to embrace or spend any time talking about. You know, not all realities are ones that we're excited about talking about. But when it comes to death, we know that that is not the end. There's something more. And so this morning, we want to look at these four realities of Easter. And at the end of our time together, I'm going to ask you three questions. And so you can be thinking about those um, during these next few moments. But I want to ask you, do you believe, have you received, and do you have a clear path? Do you believe, have you received, and do you have a clear path? You know, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you to turn with me to the book of Luke. Uh, We're in chapter uh, 24. And we're going to be looking at the reality of the words of Jesus to his disciples. In Luke 24, beginning in verse 1, Jesus uh, has been resurrected. He's he's died. He's been buried. He's come back to life. And beginning in verse 1, it says this, On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. They had taken spices that they had prepared. They were expecting to find the body there. And they found a stone rolled away uh, from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. As it were, they were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day he would arise? And in verse eight, it says this, and they remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and they told these things to the 11 and to all the rest. I love verse eight. They remembered the words of Jesus. You see his death, his burial, and his coming back to life, everything happened just as he said it would. And then in verse nine, it says, they went back and they told the disciples what they had seen. But these disciples just didn't hear about it. In verse 6 of the same chapter, as we look over to verse uh, 36, it says that when, um, when Jesus appeared to them as they were talking about these things, Jesus stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and they were frightened, and they thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do you have doubts? Why do those arise in your hearts? See my hands, see my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see me the Bible is filled with eyewitness accounts of people that saw Jesus after he was resurrected. And that's critically important because everything hinges on the resurrection. And so that's why this eyewitness testimony is so important. Jesus would appear to Mary Magdalene. He would appear to Mary, the mother of James. He'd appear to to Salome and to Joanna, to Peter, to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appeared appear to the seven disciples he, without Thomas and all of them together. He would appear to them as well. He appeared to seven disciples at the Sea of Galilee. He appeared on a mountain. He appeared to James. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says that Paul records the fact that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people. The eyewitness testimony to the resurrection is critical because without the resurrection, Jesus is just another good story. Jesus is just another alternative among many different types of religions and different faith stories. Without the resurrection, Christianity would not exist. Everything hinges on the resurrection. It is the foundation of our faith. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that if the resurrection didn't happen, then we're liars. And worse than that, we're deceivers because we're misleading people from another potential truth. Everything hinges on the resurrection. Jesus died. There's no doubt about that. He was buried and he came back to life to prove that he was who he claimed to be, which leads us to the first reality of Easter. I can have confidence in Jesus Christ. I can know the resurrection happened, not just because someone said they saw him, but also because they were actually willing to die for what they saw. You know, most commentators give an account of how some of the disciples died. It's speculated that Andrew was crucified. Bartholomew would be beaten and crucified. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Judas, not Iscariot, and Matthias, they'd all be stoned to death. James, the son of Zebedee, would be beheaded. Matthew and Thomas, they'd be speared to death. Philip and Simon, they would be crucified. Peter would be crucified upside down, and then John would die of exile in his old age. You see, historic, eyewitness testimony to the resurrection is something that gives us confidence that Jesus is who he claimed to be. But you know what else gives us confidence? It's not just the reality of what we find in scripture. Something else that gives us confidence today is the modern day testimony to the reality of the resurrection. The reality of the resurrection changed my life. It changed who I am. It changed how I viewed life. It changed everything it was about me. I wish so much that I could see you now. I would love the opportunity to say, hey, if, if the reality of the resurrection has changed your life, raise your hand. But I, I can't see that. You know, how many of you have had lives that have been changed by the reality of the resurrection of Jesus? You know, if you're on Facebook, just put a comment on that. It says, my life has been changed. If you're sitting there with somebody next to you, say, my life has been changed. You know, our lives have been changed and it's evidence that the resurrection is a reality. It changes lives. And so this morning, I want to ask you, do you believe that Jesus rose from the grave? Do you think that it's just a story or has it changed your life? You know, if you are not sure about the resurrection of Jesus, if you're not sure that he came to life, I would love the opportunity to talk with you. In fact, any of our staff, any of our ministry team leaders would love the opportunity to talk with you about that. There is so much evidence overwhelming evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that there is no reason why we can't help you to find the information that you need. And so if you're not sure about that, then we would love the opportunity to connect with you. And if you do believe it, if you've heard the story and you say, yeah, I believe it, can I ask you this? Has it changed your life? Is it just knowledge? Or is it something that has changed your life? Is it something that is external in your life or something internally that you've experienced? At the end of our time together this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with us that God would enter into your life, that his spirit would enter you and it would change you. And if your life has been changed, would you please share it with other people? We are on mission together as the body of Christ. Springbrook Community Church exists to make disciples so that they can share their faith with others. Not being an evangelist, not going over the top, but just sharing with other people what Jesus has done in their life. You know, the first reality of Easter is I can have confidence in who Jesus is. The second reality of Easter is that I can be forgiven. If the resurrection happened, then I can be forgiven. If the resurrection happened, then Jesus is who he claimed to be. That means that he has the power to forgive sins. In the book of Luke, there's a paralyzed man who's brought to Jesus by his friends. They lure him through the roof to get him to Jesus so that he can be healed. But when he gets to Jesus, Jesus looks down at him. and He says, your sins are forgiven. Jesus can forgive sins. In Luke 7, it says that there's a sinful woman who came to Jesus while he was eating with one of the supposed religious leaders in their house. Jesus has contrasted the woman's faith and love with the lack of this religious leader's faith and love. And he looked at the woman, he says, your faith has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. In Matthew 26, Jesus is actually eating with his disciples. It's the Last Supper. It's when we celebrate communion together. We did that for Good Friday as well. Even in the Last Supper, we see Jesus and his ability to forgive sins because of who he is. In Matthew 26, beginning in verse 26, it says this, While they were eating supper, Jesus took bread. After he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, Take this and eat. This is reflective of my body. And then he took the cup, and he said, When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of a new covenant. This is a blood of a new covenant, which will be poured out for many. Not for all, but for many who believe in him for the forgiveness of sins. The reality of the resurrection changes everything. It gives us confidence in who Christ is, and it lets us know that our sins can be forgiven. You know, through Jesus' death on the cross, that price for our sins has been paid for. We can avoid the penalty of sin. That's what we celebrated on Good Friday. To Tetelestai. It is finished. It was Jesus's work on the cross, and it means that we can have the assurance that we have been forgiven when we stand before God. You don't have to wonder if you're good enough, if you've done enough, if God will look down on you in favor. We can, with assurance, rest on the finished work of Jesus Christ and know that we have been forgiven. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes that if Jesus has not been raised, our faith is futile and we are still in our sins. It's because of that resurrection that we have the assurance that we can be forgiven. Our sins have been forgiven. And by God's grace, we're saved from them. We're saved by faith in Christ and through his resurrection. The forgiveness that Jesus offers each of us is real. But here's the deal. There's a condition you must decide if you're going to receive that forgiveness. If I gave you a check for $1,000, you can walk around with that check all day long until you deposit it in your account and receive it. Jesus offers us forgiveness of sins, but we must decide to receive that forgiveness. And each one of us needs to make that decision. Not to believe in Jesus. It's not about just believing in Jesus, even Satan himself believed in Jesus. The reality is, is that we need to accept his forgiveness that he offers. And this is not something that a a baby can do. This is not something that your mom and dad can do for you. It's not something that your spouse or a friend can do. It's not something that I can do or any of our pastoral staff can do. You don't receive forgiveness by going to church or by getting baptized or by being a good person or by doing good things. And certainly you don't receive forgiveness by hoping that everything will be okay. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, it teaches us that the consequences of our sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you read down through Romans chapter 10, as you read through Romans, I love the book of Romans. In Romans 10, beginning in verse uh, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. If you believe in the resurrection, there's power to save you from your sin in that reality. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. You will not be ashamed if you place your faith in Christ. In Romans 10, 13, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to wonder about what happens after this life. If you have called on the name of Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Let me ask you this. Have you called on the name of Jesus you know, there are many people that believe in Jesus, but there are very few people that have actually called on his name that have the assurance of salvation. Earlier in the book of Luke, when you read about Jesus and his ministry and the miracles that he's doing, in Luke chapter 4, it says that the news about Jesus spread throughout the land. Everybody heard and knew about Jesus. Back in Luke 24, it says that Jesus found the disciples quarantined together. The disciples knew about Jesus, but when he died, they went back to their homes and they were in hiding. And so they had not actually received him in a salvation-related manner. You know, the Spirit of God is external in our lives. When Jesus shows up with the disciples, he breathes his Spirit on them, and the Holy Spirit comes on them. And then they become Christians. The spirit of God is external in our lives. We must ask him to come into our life. And that's where we find our hope. And that's where the reality of forgiveness is rooted. When we ask Christ to come into our lives, when we do that, we find forgiveness and we get a new life. Jesus changes us. One of the realities of Easter is I can have confidence in who Jesus is. A second reality is that I can be forgiven. And the third reality of Easter is is that I get new life. When the Holy Spirit enters into me, I am new. In 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 5, Paul writes this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. When a person makes a faith commitment, they are dead to their old self. And they are made new. There's something that changes about us. In fact, everything, it changes about us. When you commit your life to Christ, it changes you. You know, that's one of the things I love about baptism services You know, we celebrate baptism services in Springbrook. It's an opportunity for people to publicly confess their faith in Christ and be identified with him through baptism. That's the way Jesus modeled it. As you look through scripture, that's the way that every believer that made his faith come in. But they all got baptized. They all went down into the water and they all got baptized. You know, baptism is a symbol of our our dying with Jesus Christ and being raised with him. It's a symbol of being washed and then being made clean. You know, when we ask Christ to come into our life, it changes us. We make a faith commitment. We get baptized. We get connected with other believers. And the word of God continues to transform our lives. A relationship with Christ gives you new life. And it gives you new purpose. In fact, in Colossians uh, chapter 3, in chapter, chapter 3 verse 1, it says, If you have been raised with Christ, we're to seek the things that are above, where Christ is. We are seated at the right hand of God. So set your minds on things above, not on things that are of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears to you, you will also appear with him in glory. You see, a relationship with Christ changes you. It gives you a a new purpose. We're no longer just living for the things of this world. We are setting our minds on things above. We have a new purpose, not for this life, but for the next. We have a new outlook on life. We have a new heart. We have new priorities. It changes your mind on things. It changes your behavior. And you begin to start to live for his glory. And so if you're a Christ follower this morning, are you living for his glory? Does your life reflect that? And if you do not have a relationship with Christ or you're not sure about that, would you like that? Would you like? Your life to be changed? Would you like to be able to place your faith in the reality of who Jesus is? Would you like to be able to experience the fullness of forgiveness that is ours in Christ? And would you like to live a new life? In John three sixteen, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We find life and meaning and purpose when we are in Christ and when he is in us. We can have confidence in Jesus. We can trust him. We can find forgiveness and we can find a relationship and we can find and we can experience and we can enjoy a new life. And it's not just life here, but it is a guarantee of an eternal life after this one is over. You must believe and receive him in order for those realities to be true. I can have confidence in Jesus. I can be forgiven and I can have new life. And that leads us to the fourth reality of Easter I wanted to share with you this morning. I can have hope. Easter provides hope. I found a definition of hope once. It stuck with me over the years. Um, it's from that great philosopher, um, Anonymous. <laughs> but it defines hope like this. Hope is an enjoyment of the future in advance. Hope is the enjoyment. It's the present enjoyment of the future in advance. What is the source of your hope this morning? I think for many people, they're just hoping that this virus thing goes away and we can get out of the house. (laughs) But you know what? After that happens, it's going to be something else. You know, for many people, they put their hope in their finances, You know, I've watched what's been happening to the stocker right now. And for many people, their hope is being destroyed. You know, many times people place their hope in in their finances or their jobs or in their people around them or in events. You know what? Those things, none of them last. But for those that believe in Jesus Christ and they have placed their faith in him, they have received a lasting hope. A hope that transcends anything that you can experience or hope for in this life. It is the hope that when Christ returns, we're going to spend eternity with him. Peter writes about that hope in his first letter. He writes of a living hope that's available to each of us because of the resurrection. Because of Easter, we can experience a living hope. In 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, Peter writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the message of Easter, that according to God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we can experience that. It is an inheritance that is imperishable. It is undefiled. It is unfading. It is kept securely in heaven and is waiting for you, who by God's power you are being guarded by faith. For salvation, ready to be reeled in the, revealed in that last time when Christ returns. In this you receive, now through oh, for a little while, if it's necessary, you're going to be grieved by very, by very many trials. But, but it, this faith is yours so that you can be tested in the genuineness of your faith, and you may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is speaking about a hope that transcends our circumstances. It transcends our being locked up at home, the fact that we can't meet together. Whatever you're going through right now, there's a hope that moves beyond those things. Now, I want you to listen closely to me for a moment because this is important. Jesus Christ died to take your place and to pay the penalty for your sin, for the times that you have or that you will rebel against God. Jesus' death on the cross covers a multitude of sins. And it doesn't matter how big or how small you think that sin is. Sin is a problem. It's a virus. And I can tell you right now, you don't need to test for it. Sin entered into the world through Adam. And because we are human, we are all fallen and broken and messed up. There is nobody that is perfect except for Christ himself. The Bible says that if you say you don't have sin, that that is a sin. None of us can escape this sin problem. We all have to deal with the issue of sin. But there's good news. Jesus has taken care of it. He rose from the dead and he has provided the power to give us new life and give us power over death. And now he offers each of us these four realities this Easter morning. And it's available to everyone that would call on his name. He offers you four realities. You can have confidence in him. You can experience the forgiveness that he offers. And you can experience a new life and a new hope. I want to encourage you this Easter. It's a special Easter. It's an Easter where we're all at home. We're we're all with our families. We're all by ourselves right now. And you can right now make the decision not to let these realities pass you by. Do you remember those three questions I asked you at the beginning of our time together? Do you believe that Jesus was resurrected? Have you received him into yourself? And do you have a clear path for spiritual growth? Do you believe that Jesus was resurrected? If you need evidence, please let us know. We can help you with finding the evidence that you're looking for to make an intelligible decision. Christians do not leave their brains on the shelf. There is evidence to believe in the resurrection. But there are also many people that believe in the resurrection. It makes sense, but they have not received him into their life. Have you received Jesus Christ into your life? It is not rocket science. It is so easy to do. Words are just words unless you mean them from your heart, unless you understand them with your mind. And so this morning, if you can't say with uncertainty that you know you have a relationship with Christ, if you haven't experienced the realities that we talked about this morning at Easter, you can do that today by asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. And it is so simple. You acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God. You believe that he died for your sins and you believe that he was resurrected from the grave and that he is who he claimed to be. And you can ask him to come in and take residence in your life. And when he does, it changes you. And all you have to do is ask. You know, many times people will make a prayer. And if, you, if you'd like to pray that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you just to pray that with me right now. I'll pray with you this morning to, to help you to cross that line of faith so that you can be as certain as I am today about the realities of Easter. Just pray with me. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your call on my life. John six forty four says that no one comes to the son unless the father draws him. And so, Father, thank you for calling me to yourself this morning. Today... I believe that you are God, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were resurrected. And I am asking you as best as I know how to come into my life and to save me and to take control of my life. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray these things. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, we would love the opportunity to celebrate that with you. You know, you have in your mind and in your heart crossed over that line of faith. And we want to celebrate that with you. Many people believe, but we want to celebrate when somebody makes a faith commitment. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents and places their faith in him. And all of heaven rejoices with you, if that's a decision that you made today. And if you've made that decision, are you growing in your faith? Has your life been changed? You know, we're going to be hosting a baptism service. I am so excited. When we come back, we're doing a baptism service. (laughs) And so if you've never had an opportunity to publicly confess your faith in Christ or identify with Christ through baptism, we're going to celebrate that. And maybe if you just prayed that prayer this morning, we'd love the opportunity to celebrate that with you. This is your first opportunity to be obedient and put your faith into action. You know, if you're not growing in your faith, if you're feeling stuck, we want to invite you to get connected to this local body of Christ. It is vibrant. It is breathing. It is life transforming. And we'd love to help you get connected to this body of Christ. And you don't have to wait until we're meeting on Sunday morning. You can go to our website right now. We've got small groups that are meeting all throughout the community and you can jump in with one of them right now on Vimeo. You can jump in on Zoom. You can can jump in on a conference call. You can connect with somebody right now. You don't have to wait until they're back together. Don't go through life alone. Let us help you connect. You know, every believer's got a spiritual gift for the purpose of the building up the body of Christ. And, And if you don't know your spiritual gift yet, that's a great next step for you. You know, we'd love the opportunity to help you to grow in your faith. You know, I mentioned this morning that we have a number that you can send a text to. We'd love the opportunity to celebrate with you or to help you take that next step. Uh, the cell phone number is 84576. 84576. And that number's on our website and it should be at the top of your Facebook Live feed as well. But if you will text the word SB Faith, SB for Springbrook, and then Faith. SB Faith. If you'll just text that word, to 84576. If you made a faith commitment this morning, we would love to celebrate that decision with you. Or on that welcome card that we have online, you can indicate your interest in making a faith commitment or if you still have questions there as well. If you are interested in participating in our next baptism service, when we meet together, we are going to host a baptism service. And if you are interested in baptism, we're taking that step. You can text SB baptism to 84576. Or if we can help you get connected, you can text SB Connect to 84576. We would love the opportunity to celebrate your taking these steps. You know, or you can also use our website, springbrook.org card, there's links. We wanna hear from you. We are so glad that you were able to be with us this morning as we looked at and celebrated the four realities of Easter. Down at the bottom of that Springbrook Live page, or at the top of your uh, Facebook Live page, there's also a link for you. We're going to be celebrating some things after Easter's over. What do we do on Monday? We're celebrating Easter today. What happens on Monday? And so we want to encourage you to take the next steps with us after Easter. So you go to springbrook.org slash after Easter. It's not that complicated. You know, I'm going to be hosting a series of meet and greet video conference calls next week. And I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about this morning, if you have questions about Springbrook, or you just have questions, you want to connect better with people at Springbrook, you know, just email me. You can follow that link. Um, we'll be setting up some video conference calls. But I would love the opportunity to talk with you. We have a staff. We have another board. We have ministry team leaders that would love to connect with you. But I'm going to be hosting just a series of 15-minute calls next week. And I'd love the opportunity to, to talk with you, get to answer questions, and get to know you a little bit better. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series. It's called Peacemaker. Right now, we're going through conflict. I don't know about you. There's conflict in people's lives right now. And we want to be people of peace. And so we're going to look at some principles for building and strengthening relationships as we kick off our Peacemaker series next week. And I'm so hoping that you'll be able to join with us each Sunday as we go um, through that series. I want to thank you for being with us uh, this morning. I hope that you have a, a great Easter. Uh, It was such a privilege to be able to get to celebrate this day with you. Bethany is going to close on this next song. It's going to give you an opportunity uh, to send that text, to fill out that card, and then I'll come back together in just a moment. We'll pray for us. Amen. (laughs) Took everything I could do not to stand up and just raised my hands. (laughs) Well, we are so glad that you were uh, with us today. And I hope that wherever you are, whatever you have going on in your life today, I hope that you have a sense of peace uh, about who you are in Christ and that God's spirit would meet you where you're at and that you would have a blessed day. I want to thank our worship team this morning for being here. Pastor Matt's done a great job uh, with our video. Got Pastor Joseph back there is praying for us. Uh, we have been blessed. Uh, Kyle, we've been blessed with a great team. And I hope that you were blessed by our time together this morning. We look forward to all that God has for us individually and collectively together is the body of Christ. I pray that you have a great day. Go in peace to serve and love the Lord. May God bless you.